He is in trainer. He's getting an early taste of retirement tonight. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's down watching the, the Cal Strip kids. They had a couple of big events this week, so he's down seeing them. They'll be back next, well, they'll be back this Sunday for the Christmas program, um, and then he'll be doing the Wednesdays for the rest of the year. So I'm just filling in tonight. I get the, the privilege of bringing the word this evening. Um, one other announcement I wanted to make was about this Sunday uh, with the Christmas program. I'm sure you guys are all aware that that's happening. I know the kids are really excited about it. You can already hear them yelling that they're so excited to have the Christmas play. Um, if you would, a few of you stick around tonight. We want to move the piano and some of the other materials off the stage and over to the side. So, you know, they say many hands makes light work. So if we could have lots of hands around here after service, that would be a huge help. So, um, yeah, if you can, please stick around to help us out with that. I think that's all the announcements I had. So why don't we pray, and then we'll get into the Word together. Does that sound good? People can say we love you, Pastor Davis. They're just struggling to move all this stuff Yeah, that's, that's, we could do it that way. All right, well, let's pray and get started tonight. Father God, we come to you to uh, spend time in your word tonight, Lord. We know that your word is true, and it speaks to our life for right now and today, Lord. We know that as we um, give time and focus and attention to your word, Lord, it, you will speak to us through it. So I pray as we study tonight, Lord, we would all leave encouraged and built up and equipped to go on and do the ministry to which you've called each of us. We thank you for that, Lord, and we have great expectation as we get into the word and study tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, if you've looked at the paper that was sitting on the back table, then you might have seen our title, Mastery of Maturity. So I, I thought it would be appropriate just to start out with my little disclaimer about the sermon title, okay? I realize that I'm not the most mature <laughs> person you've ever seen, okay? I, I'm, I'm not the oldest by any means, and I have, I have not ma mastered maturity by any means, but the word has a lot to say about maturity. And so I believe that as we study what scripture says about maturity, there are principles that even me as a, as a young person, I see um, so much word about maturity and it encourages me, it builds me up. And so I believe it'll do the same uh, for you. So we're going to start in 1 John 2 verses 12 through 14 tonight. And I have it written for you there in the Amplified Translation because it expounds a little bit on, on some of the things I really wanted to draw out of tonight's uh, message. And so to give a little bit of context for this scripture, um, if, if you open up in your own Bible, if you have it with you, what you'll see is there's 1 John and, and that whole chapter, and then there's 2 John, and about midway through um, that chapter, there's this section that is apart from what John was talking about. And what John had done in his um, epistle here is he, he took a moment to tell people why he was writing to them about what Jesus had said. He, he stopped what he was preaching, and he said, there is a reason that I'm telling you what I'm telling you today, and this is the reason. And what he goes on to do is identify uh, believers at various levels of spiritual maturity. And I think it's, it's important for us today, just as it was for the church back in the day John wrote this, for us to be able to identify spiritual maturity and then after having identified uh, the, the spiritual maturity place or, or, you know, way that we are, we can then glean what we need from the word for that season or that position of maturity. Because as we grow in Christ, our needs change. You know, when you're young in Christ, you have different needs than, than when you have been with walking with Christ for a while. As we go on in our life as a Christian, as our, we go on in our journey with Jesus through life, we're going to have different things that we need at different stages through that. And the great thing about the Word is that it, it gives us everything we need for every season of our life. It gives us every answer for every question we would ever have. The, the Word is the final true authority on all things. And, and the encouraging thing that I kept hearing resound as I read this today was, we can never outgrow the Word. We can never outgrow the Word. So let's read 1 John 2, 12 through 14 in the Amplified, and we'll have it up on the screen here. So this is what John said. He said, I'm writing to you, little children, believers, dear ones, 
because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. You've been pardoned and released from spiritual debt through his name because you've confessed his name, believing in him as Savior. I'm writing to you, fathers, those believers who are spiritually mature, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity, because you've been victorious and have overcome the evil one. I've written to you children, those who are new believers, those spiritually immature, because you have come to know the Father. I've written to you fathers, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. I've written to you young men, because you're strong and vigorous, and the word of God remains always in you. And you have been victorious over the evil one by accepting Jesus as Savior. Now, as I mentioned before, as I read this in study and preparation for this message tonight... I just I couldn't get away from this section of Scripture, 12 through 14. And I think part of the reason for that is it's so different from the flow that John was writing and up to that point. He was writing uh, about some issues, which we'll, we'll discuss a little more later. He was talking about fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with each other, obedience, um, rejecting the world. You know, he was talking about all of these, these ways that we as Christians are supposed to live. And then right in the middle, he interjects here. A statement where it looks like he repeats himself, right? Because he says fathers, and then later again he says fathers. He says uh, children, and then again later he says children. He says young men, and again later he says young men. And I thought, well, why was it so important for John to get these people's attention and tell them why he was writing to them? Well, I think it's important that we know why Jesus has spoken his word to us. It's important for us to, uh, I think, understand our need at the level of, of understanding and maturity we're at, so that we can gain the right truth for that moment in time. You know, I, I kind of think about how in my own life, at, at different stages of life, I've had different needs. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about how throughout my school years, uh, every year they would have us write an essay, okay? And our essays would progressively, like, get a little bit better because we were growing up and we were learning new things. And so, like, in kindergarten... I mean, every word is misspelled. Every statement is, like, incohesive. You can't understand a thing that I'm saying. If you have kids, you've probably seen those papers where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I need a translator for this thing. And then they grow up a little bit more, and the words are spelled a little bit better. They get some spelling down, but maybe the sentences still need some structure. So they need different needs. They need different things taught to them so that they can be effective in that season of their life. And it's the same with us as Christians. We need taught things in right season, in right time, so that we can be the most effective that we're capable of being in that moment. And the truth that I want to communicate above everything else, and I'm sure you know this, but it's good to hear it regularly, the Word is the truth for every season of our life. And this is the reason that we'll never outgrow the Word of God, is because it is the answer no matter where we're at. No matter if it's our first year walking with God or our 50th year walking with God, we find our answers in the Word. Amen? Amen? And so, at this place of understanding that the Word is the truth and the Word is the answer for all of these various stages of ministry, um, we can gain from this list what the believers in John's day were gaining from the list. Um, and I believe that what, what they gained as he talked to them about little children, I'm writing for this reason to you, and young men of God, uh, I'm writing to this reason for you, we too can, can learn and, and accept the right principles from truth. We can identify what it is that we need in this moment of our life as we look at this list. And so that's what I want us to do tonight is um, as we go through these things, you know, I think we're going to find that we're a mixture of the three. In some areas, we may be more mature. In some areas, we may be more like a spiritual child than we are a spiritual father. In many areas, we're probably going to find ourselves like what he describes as a young man. Because we know that he's not talking about the flesh or the natural stance or maturity of these people. He's obviously talking about the spiritual condition. Little children described as new believers. Young men described as those who are growing. Uh, fathers described as mature believers. And so I think as we assess our own walk of maturity with Christ, what we'll find is that we probably are a mix of all three of these things in different areas of life. You know, some of us maybe have gotten more of a revelation um, of, of 
receiving wisdom or receiving healing or receiving peace, but, but maybe we don't have as much of a revelation of, of the message of prosperity or um, the message of, I mean, you could probably pick one, you know, worship or, or something else along that line. I mean, there are so many things that we as Christians need to mature in to become the full, whole person that God wants us to be. And as we grow in all of these areas, we see ourselves becoming more mature and moving up the list from, you know, the new believer status to um, a, a father or a mature believer kind of status. And so let's go through this list, uh, these, these three different kinds of believers that are described. And as we talk about it, uh, we, we can see what's important for us to take from the word that we hear, um, both today and, and on a weekly basis, because we hear the word all the time. I mean, if you're reading your Bible regularly, you're going to be receiving things from it every time you open it up. If you're coming to church ready to hear and wanting uh, to receive, you're going to be receiving uh, what you need every time uh, you hear the word preached. And so little children, what I did here is I summarized um, under that title of little children, and then so on and so forth, what the scriptures say, because as I mentioned, he addresses them two times throughout this, this um, area of, of uh, John 12 through 14. And so the first time around, he says, little children, what you need to know when you hear the gospel preached is that your sins have been forgiven. And then the next time around, he says, I've written these things. I'm preaching the gospel to you because this is what you need to know. You've come to know the father. And so we see that as the gospel is preached, there are primarily, at least as what John would say, there are two messages that a new believer needs to hear. Number one, your sins have been forgiven. And number two, you've come to know the Father. Now, if we look back on our own you know, experience in, in coming to know Jesus, when we were a new believer, I can say for myself, the first thing that I had to come to realize was my sins are forgiven and I... I am getting to know the God who created everything. That was the first thing I had to know um, to become introduced um, to the things of God. It, you know, without this, we don't have the basis upon which to grow, the basis upon which to build and, and gain more understanding and more revelation. Um, you know, forgiveness of sins, I think, I, I think back to a, a f kind of a funny story of, of Grandpa, actually. One time he was at our house, and he and I were playing baseball in my front yard. Okay, great idea, don't you think? So we're playing baseball in the front yard, and I was probably only 10 at the time. And I had this idea that every time I got a piece of the ball and hit it, I had to chuck the bat as hard as I could in the opposite direction. Because, you know, you see guys toss the bat as they run to first base. Well, I took it to the extreme. I mean, I threw it back behind me. And so we're playing right in front of the house. And he tosses me a ball, and I just got a little piece of it. Well, he catches it, and that was great. But I chucked that back, bat, the bat backwards, and it went right through this huge glass window. Uh, attached to my parents' garage. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, I'm dead. <laughs> so me and Grandpa, we go inside and I said, Dad, Grandpa, he made me break the window. <laughs> we go out and we look at it and, and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, my parents are going to love me with the rod of correction until my bottom's bruised. This is bad. I'm in trouble. And uh, my dad went out and he looked at it and he goes, Isaac, why did you do that? And I said, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to throw the bat like that. He goes, you don't have to throw it that hard. <laughs> so it was a lesson learned. And because I didn't know better, and because um, maybe I hadn't retrained myself to not chuck the bat every time I hit the ball, Dad was forgiving. I think this is the first thing we need to realize about God. And, you know, really it's, it's the message of grace over the message of the law. We need to realize that God's a forgiver. He's not a condemner. He wants you in right relationship with him and not in trouble because you did something you didn't know you weren't supposed to do. Or, or, as I said, the other reason kind of is, you know, I hadn't retrained myself to not do that. Well, I think sometimes when people come to know Jesus for the first time, they've still got bad habits in life because they've lived without him for so long. And so now they have to take the new person that's on the inside and make him the new person on the outside. Well, that's a process. That doesn't always happen. 
at the snap of your fingers. And, and so I think beyond just getting this knowledge from the word when they hear a Sunday morning sermon, new believers need to experience this through us as the church. Now, I know you guys are the Wednesday night crowd, so you've probably been in church for a little while. I don't see any new faces here for the first time. Okay, so I would hope most of us are, you know, maybe a little further along than the new believer. Well, if we've already taken a mastery of this element where we know we're forgiven, we need to start exemplifying this to the rest of the body. We need to go and find new believers and say, hey, I don't know if you've realized this yet, but Jesus forgives you, and God is good, and you're going to get to know him if you'll stick with us. If you'll stick with the Bible, if you'll stay in the family of God, you're going to get to know him in a way you never thought you could. And you're going to be forgiven and freed of your sins in a way you would never be able to get by yourself. And, and I think it's got to go beyond just words, you know. What was so powerful about that time my dad forgave me for doing something pretty dumb was that there was action behind the words. He could have said, I forgive you, now you're in a lot of trouble. I wouldn't have felt very forgiven in that moment. And, and there, there are times for training and, and reproof and correction. The word talks about that. But for a new believer who doesn't know better, man, we got to be the first to extend forgiveness and grace and mercy to them because they're experiencing how God is through the way the church treats them. And so I, I talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about our church's mission, right? How we're a family church, we're an evangelistic church, we're a place of refreshing and refuge, and then a launching pad for ministries. The first three of those missional statements all require us to be forgiving in nature because a family forgives when, when someone messes up. Evangelism is about reaching out to people that are lost and, and giving them the truth so their life can change. And I mean, refreshing and restoration, man, if that's not the message of forgiveness, what is? You know what I mean? And so if we've got mastery of, of this new believer truth that sins are forgiven and you're going to get to know God, then we have to be the first to extend that out to others. And I think that's one of the most important aspects of, of maturity and coming to have a mastery of, of different, different levels throughout the maturing process is extending that to other people and exemplifying it so, so we can say, come up, grow with us. And I think that's an important part of the process. Let's look at the next group that's mentioned here, the young men, or we could say those that are growing. Because this isn't just for young men, it's for anybody who is in a process of growing. Now this is, is probably the group that most of us in here, uh, we could identify at least part of our life that would fit into this segment. You know, if, if you've been walking with God for a long time, maybe you'll, you'll recognize some areas where really you're pretty mature in something. And, and I know we don't want to be prideful and say, oh yeah, brother, I'm mature in that. I know that. But, but we should say, I mean, if I've figured out how something works, well, I'm going to share it with my brother and help them get better about it. You know, there, there's false humility isn't a good thing. False humility doesn't help anybody. And so if, if we've come to know truth and, and gotten a revelation of something, we have to share it. I, I feel that it's my duty as your brother, as your mem a member of your family, to help you grow in this area. And so I, I say that to just say that I think this growing area, the young men, those that are growing, we probably can find areas where we all fit into this because we're going to keep on maturing and keep on growing until we meet the Lord. Amen? And so he says, I'm preaching the gospel to you, young man. I'm preaching to you, person who is in a process of growth, for this reason. You need to know that you have been victorious and overcome the evil one. He says, I need you to know that you are strong and vigorous. I need you to know that the word of God remains on the inside of you. So let's go through those three things and break down why it's important that as a person who's growing in the things of God, growing in maturity with God, why is it important for us to know these three things? I think the first one, knowing that we've been made victorious and have overcome the evil one is important. Because when we're in a process of growing, it's kind of like that retraining thing I talked about. When you're retraining, sometimes that old habit is still going to pop through. You know, because it takes time to, to form a new one, to get it right and get it consistently working the way it's supposed to work. Well, during that training time, what the devil wants to do is, is make you think that you've lost. 
He makes you, you wanna, he wants you to believe that because you messed up, you're done and you failed. Now you're back to square one. That's not what the Bible says. I believe this says that, that we've been made victorious, and the reason for it is that Christ already won. The encouragement here is that even though we're growing in behavior, we've already won because we've accepted Christ. We've already come into life because we've accepted Christ. We've already been made new on the inside because we've accepted Christ. And so even though we're working on the outer man and getting the outside to align with what's on the inside right now, we need to remind the devil of what, what's on our inside, that we've already won. We've already been made victorious in the spirit because we've accepted Jesus. And we know he kicked the devil's booty a long time ago. He won the fight. And so, Paul, well, John, not Paul. I say Paul when I'm talking about the New Testament because he wrote so much of it. It's like, it's like when you say good morning on a Wednesday night and then you think, why did I do that? John, who was writing this epistle, he says it's important for you to know that while you're growing in this area and getting to a place of maturity in this area, you need to remember that you've won. You need to remember that in Christ you have victory. That even if, 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 if you're not seeing it manifest every moment of every day, it's already been won on the inside, and you're just bringing that inner truth out. So he says you need to know when you hear the gospel that you are victorious. He goes on and he says you need to know that you're strong and vigorous. I believe the reason he says this is because strength and vigor are necessary components to build, to grow. You know, for something to grow, it, it, it has to have um, a strength and a supply and a reserve of energy in order to expand that energy and grow. You know, it takes strength, it takes vigor in order to grow. It takes strength, it takes vigor to build. I remodeled a house the last two years. If I came home, like, tired, nothing got done. Because it takes strength, it takes vigor to go out and produce, to build. It does. And so he, he wants us to know, God wants us to know when we hear the gospel preached that we are strong in Christ, we are vigorous, we have the ability to get it done in Christ because he wants us to go and build his kingdom. He wants his kingdom built within us and around us. And in order for us to be kingdom builders with our life, we have to know that, that we have a reserve of strength. We have a reserve of ability to get things done on the inside. And that takes an element of faith, because sometimes we don't feel like we've got that. But if we're going to build, we have to remain in faith and remain in the truth that we're strong and vigorous so we can continue building. And I think sometimes what I see is, is you know, we want to look at our outer man and say, because I'm this way on the outside, I can't do that. You know, because I've got few more years on me or, or, or because of this thing, because I got hurt this one time, I'm, you know, the word says I'm strong, but just, you know, really in a different way. No, I believe that God has made us strong and vigorous so that we can build his kingdom. And so if we're going to remain in that truth and continue growing, both in maturity and growing his kingdom, I believe we have to know we're strong and we've got the ability to go and do in fact, if we look at uh, John 18, 36, Jesus is talking about his kingdom here. And I don't think I put this one um, in, in the notes for sake of space. Um, but it says, Jesus answered. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus says, I, I didn't come for us to go and fight the world. My goal is not to go and, and win land and win prestige around the world. My goal, my kingdom, is about bringing people in. I don't care if, if you know, we go out and we conquer all these lands and, and we claim all these nations. I just want people brought into my kingdom. That's how we build the kingdom of God, is not you know, through, through fighting and, and making people angry and just you know, beating them in arguments and that kind of thing. That doesn't win the world. What... what wins and counts as kingdom building and victory according to Jesus standard is when we get people to come into God's kingdom because that's that's what his life was about he was sent to the world to save the world not to fight and destroy the world at least not this time around 
Okay, he, he's going to come and, and there will be a battle. And the devil will lose. And the world will be burned. That's not why he came this time. He came to save. He, he, he came to bring others in. And it takes strength. And it takes vigor. But a different kind to do that kind of kingdom building. You know, there, there is a certain kind of strength that can be used to go out and fight. Have you ever, like, experienced that? You just, like, you get all fired up and you're mad and you feel like you could just go out and fight somebody. Have you ever felt that? I've, I've felt that before. That's not the kind of strength and vigor that Jesus is talking about here. This is a, it's like, I know I said it's not all about internal strength, but it starts on the inside. Where you have a strength and a fortitude on the inside of you that, that says, I don't care how I feel. I don't, I don't care what this situation looks like. I don't, I don't care what people have said to me. I'm building the kingdom today. I'm reaching the lost today. I'm evangelizing. I'm acting like family to people today. I'm in the restoration business today. It's showing up with the strength and, and the vigor and fortitude to build his kingdom in the way he's told us that it's to be built. And then the third point uh, that, that he mentions here, the third thing that he says those that are growing need to see in the gospel and gain as truth out of the gospel is that the word of God remains in you. This is so important for us to like, glean and, and gain understanding of every time we hear the word because it keeps us centered. It keeps us anchored to the things of Jesus. You, you know, it, in the world where there's so many different ways that people are going to try to pull you and, and the devil's going to try to tempt you away, having the word in you, knowing that it is the truth, will keep you centered. It will keep you on track. It's like putting up stakes on the outside of a tree when it's young and trying to grow. You know, it's, it's going to have to grow a certain direction. Well, if you put barriers in its way, it will sometimes distort the way a tree grows. Have you ever seen that where a tree's like, it's grown in a weird way? It's like there was something in its way, and so it just like got all distorted. It got kind of messed up because it wasn't able to grow properly. Well, God's word is the guide to keep us growing properly so we don't end up distorted and, and, and off track. And that's the reason I think in the process of growing, it's so important that we keep uh, the truth that the word is within us and that we know the word and the word is true. It's, it's our consistent guide to growing God's way. Amen? Let's look at our third group now. The, the fathers, the mature believers. You know, when I was studying this uh, particular group of the three, I thought it was interesting because in, in 1 John 2, when John writes, he, he says the exact same thing to the fathers both times. There's no variation. He says, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. And then later again at the end, he says, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. See, he says, I've, I write now and I've written in the past so that because you, know, you have known him who is from the beginning. And so with the others, you know, these other two groups, I, I guess I saw, you know, just a really distinct, like easy to understand, like this is what they're supposed to get. And I'm thinking to myself, what are, what are the fathers, what are these mature believers supposed to get? You know, surely there's more word for them to gain. Wouldn't you think? And so I studied this out and, and I you know, looked up the, the root words and all that kind of thing. And what I found is what he's writing the, to them, really it could be summarized like you, you know him because you're close to him. You've, you've known him who is from the beginning. You, you have known God. And so in order to know him in that way, you must be close to him. And I think here it's both kind of a, an encouragement, a statement to encourage them, you know, because as we see with the other groups, there's encouragement saying, hey, you are this. Don't forget that you're this. You are close to God, mature believer. But I also think it's kind of a command saying you're close to God. And I think part of the responsibility of, of becoming mature and becoming close to God is living like that is the truth. Exemplifying it. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as 
his dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. If you've known God, who was from the beginning, and you're close to him, you know, knowing means you have an intimate relationship. If you have this kind of relationship with him, then I, I believe that this Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 is what we're to do. Be imitators of God. Because if you've known him, then, then you know how he is. If you've spent time close to him and become intimate with him, you know how he is. And I, I, I've preached on this before. I think I said it a couple Sundays ago. When we know him closely like this, we have a responsibility to show others who he is. And so I believe, as I said here, it's an encouragement and a command because he wants mature believers to keep in mind, you know who God is. You're close to God. You, you, you have an intimate relationship with God because you've walked with him for a long time. Don't forget about the things that God has done in your life. Don't forget about the times that, that faith worked and grace came for you. Don't, don't forget what's happened in the past. Remember that you know God. Because I, I'm sure the devil wants us confused about that. He does not want us to believe that we know God in an intimate and close way. John says, you know him. You know him. And I believe the, the other part of that is the responsibility factor to say, because you know him, you're responsible to represent him. We're called the body of Christ. We're supposed to be the representation for him. Another scripture says we're the ambassadors for Christ here on earth. So we, we need to represent and we need to remember that we know him. I believe that is what, uh, when we get to that stage of you know, maturity and things where we have grown a long way and we understand and we've gotten revelation, well, now it's time to exemplify. We need to remember that God's brought us to a place of maturity in this thing and now we need to walk that out for other people to see. Amen? So let's talk, I know I have some already, about the context um, of, of this, how he was writing along about other things, and then he breaks in the middle of, of you know, this doctrinal discussion to talk and address why people need to hear the word and what they should be gaining from the word when they hear it. He says, I write to you. So it's an instruction and an encouragement. Um, it's it's wide-reaching. You know, I was saying that at the beginning, that the, the word really it, it has something for every believer. It doesn't matter if it's been a day or 50 years. Like, God has what you need in his word. And I believe that we see that in the way that when, when the word is preached, when, when you read the word and hear the word, you've probably heard of people that they say, well, you know, this is what I got out of the message. And then someone else says, well, this is what I got out of the message. And they're two completely different things. You know, I experienced that even just, you know, since I've been here and sat and listened to Pastor Dave speak. There have been sermons where it's like he, he's talking about, it's been a lot about the balance of faith and grace. There have been a few of those messages where I get something that's completely different. And it's because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I can read the same verse over and over and get something different every time because the Holy Spirit is trying to mature me in a different area in that moment. A good example of this for me would be, John 3.16. Do we all know that verse? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that so whoever, whoever so believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So when I first heard that verse, and I was a young Christian, what that meant to me was God loved me so much that Jesus came and died for me. And I'm, I'm saved. Hallelujah. That verse has, has taken on a different meaning for me as, as I've walked with God and matured with God. Now, when I read John 3.16, I don't think so much about, man, I was so important to God that, that he died for me. I think, man, if I'm supposed to be like Jesus, and this is the standard that Jesus set, that I'm supposed to be willing to give my life up for the world. Aren't those two different things? Like, it was all about me, and now it's all about everyone else. That, like, that's the miracle of the word, that God can, he can give you exactly what you need at any moment. I think, it's, I think it's a miracle. It's amazing. And so with what John was preaching about here, he's talking about fellowship with Jesus, fellowship with each other, obedience, rejecting the world, dealing with deception, 
And if we just talk about the, the difference in the way that those would work for various levels of believers, I mean, I think we can see the contrast. Because the way someone who just received Christ yesterday fellowships with Jesus is going to be different than the way someone who's lived a, a long Christian life fellowships with Jesus. They know him in a different way. They're intimate with him in a different way. The things that this person prays about are going to be different than the things that this person prays about. But the truth that we need closeness and fellowship with Jesus doesn't change for either of those people. And the Holy Spirit can, can tell you in what way you need to grow in that, whether you're the new or, or you're the old or you're somewhere in the middle. Amen? See, so the context is that no matter where you're at, the Word is a priority. And I know this is a, a Word-based church. I know this is a church that loves the Word. I just think sometimes it's good to refocus on this. That we love the word and this is the reason why. It grows us. It changes us. It's the truth that anchors us. The, the word is, is, it became flesh. It was Jesus. And so when we get to know Jesus, we're getting to know his word and vice versa. And it's going to help us grow. No matter where we're at. Whether it's our first day or our hundredth or thousandth day. He's going to keep growing us. And so... The next point I'd like us to look at in Hebrews 5.12, um, the, the heading for this section is that each stage of maturity builds off of those before it. Now, I've been spending a lot of time with my grandpa lately, and something that we talk about a lot when we're talking about doctrinal things, you know, because he's been doing this for quite a few years. You know, he's probably quite a bit closer to that, you know, fatherly figure in, in this than I am. And, and to me, he's certainly someone I consider to be a mature believer that I look to uh, for wisdom and understanding on things that I haven't, you know, gotten the revelation of yet. And, and so, as we've talked, something he said that I thought was so good, and maybe this is like one of the old quotes that you've heard like hundreds and thousands of times, but I'm going to say it anyways. He's told me a number of times just in the short time I've been here, no, no doctrine that I've learned as I've progressed in maturity has done away with what I learned before. It's always built upon it. When we grow in maturity, it's not replacing what we had known before. It's building upon. It's expanding the foundation. It's expanding the basis. It's, it's, it's expanding what we believe is truth. It's not doing out with the old and bringing in with the new. It, it's just continuing to grow the kingdom, just, just as we're commanded to do. It's not about ripping up. It's about continuing to lay foundation. And so Hebrews 5.12 says, for though by this time, this is funny because the writer of Hebrews is correcting the church. He says, for by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again. <laughs> Man, tell you what, there are some brutal statements in the Bible, and I think that's one of them. You ought to be teachers, but you need someone to, you got to go back to school and learn it again. He says, you need to learn again the first principles. You got to go back to basic math. We're talking like counting to 10, okay? In, in terms of like if God was, you know, if we were going to make that comparison, you're going back to the basics. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. We got to give you the simplest stuff again because you forgot it. You know, here you are preaching about all of these great ideas and complex issues of, of faith and doctrine and all of these things of God. But you, you don't even know how to get saved, is what he's writing to them. And so this emphasizes the point that we can't get rid of what we knew before, but just build on it. They had already been taught the basics, and they had to go back and learn them. And it was because they got rid of what they had before for something new. It's not a replacement. It, it's, it's a building upon and so as we continue to mature in the things of God, as we continue to grow and learn in the things of God, we, we don't get rid of what was already in place, unless it was wrong, unless it wasn't the word. Then we do get rid of it. But if it's the word, if it's sound, we keep it and we build upon that. <clears throat> and I think the other thing that's important is these people must have been so confused who he was writing to with this, saying, you got to go back. Well, if, if he can look at this group of people and say, you need to go learn the basics again, they had to be like way off course. 
and it makes me think about math class, actually, because I, I took a calculus course, just one, <laughs> if that tells you anything. I took the one, and I was so confused. And here's the reason why. I didn't understand the thing that came before calculus. <laughs> so there was no way. Like, I got by in this one, but when I got to calculus and it was building, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm confused. <laughs> like, like what, is, what does that symbol even mean? What, what formula are we talking? I don't know. It was bad. And the problem is because I was trying to get to the complex before I understood the simple. I was trying to get to the advanced before I understood the basic. And in the things of God, you know, I think there's sometimes an appeal that, oh, I can't wait until we dive into, I mean, I, I don't know. A common one I hear a lot is like, I just, I want to get into Revelation and I just want to unpack that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, have you read the rest of the Bible yet? Because you're not going to understand most of it if you haven't read the rest of the word. Now, the good news is that, like I've been saying in this message, you can read Revelation and, and you will get the message of salvation out of it. But if you're reading trying to get this advanced thing and you don't understand the basics and you haven't taken the time to mature and grow and build with God, you're going to be so confused, like it's going to mess you up. And the devil will try to use that confusion to make you believe that none of it's true. I think that's what's happened to a lot of young people today is they want to get to this place of deep knowledge and understanding, but they're not willing to go through the steps to really understand and get there. So they're so confused by theology that now we don't understand God. Well, he's not that hard to understand. It's the basic principle. And to that person, I'd say, go back to the beginning. Go back to the milk. Go back to salvation, forgiveness, who God is. You got to start there. Before you, you know, go on to this. So I think it's so important that we take the time to learn. In fact, talking about math, one class I did do okay in, in high school was geometry. And recently, um, I was, I was uh, over, over at my girlfriend's house, and she has a younger brother who's in high school right now, and he was, like, looking into his geometry class, and he was, like, not understanding some of it. And he goes, hey, Pastor Isaac, do you know geometry? I was like, yeah, sure. It was only a few years ago. I'm sure I could help you with that. So I sit down. I took one look and I was like, oh man, I should not have said that. <laughs> now I'm in trouble. <laughs> and so I got my phone out and I'm like looking up all of these terms that I forgot about. And I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, bring these things to my remembrance. Help me. Help me to help him. And I had to go relearn it in a few moments because I had not held on to the truth that I had learned years ago. You know, I had forgotten about it. And so I had to go back there if I was going to help anybody else. And I think it just emphasizes this, this principle that we need to be building and we need to be holding on to. Because at some point, these people in Hebrews 5.12, they had learned the basics. But at some point, they made a choice to let go. We can't let go. We can't get bored. We can't get tired with the message of salvation, with the message of forgiveness, with, with the message of being in a relationship and, and coming to know God, man, that should fire you up every time you hear it. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. I know God in heaven. Hallelujah. What a great thing. See, I mean, if, if that's enough to draw you into the kingdom in the first place, I mean, grow, but don't let go of that. Man, that, that's, that's the foundation we got to remember. We got to, I, I don't know how you remember it. I've, I think back on different times where, where that just became so true to me. And I remember those moments, kind of like testimony. I remember my testimony, my story. I talk about it. That keeps me in remembrance of it. It keeps it true to me. Um, I, I preached a message to some youth a while back called, um, I don't know, it was like, what are... What are your rocks or something like that? And it was about how the Hebrews, when God did something amazing for them, they would build an altar. They'd build a place where they remembered what God did. Sometimes that's what we got to do. You know, not that we worship it, because we don't. But when we see it, when we look at it, we remember what God did for us. And it keeps us holding on to those things that are true in our life. Amen? All right. Let's move, let's move forward. Um, I had this quote and I think I actually mistyped it on here. We may develop, it should be, we may develop, a, may, I'm sorry, we may develop maturity on a subject, but we never outgrow the need for that truth. 
you might get mature with something, you might get to a place of understanding on something, you never outgrow the need for it in your life. Because the moment you stop applying it, the moment your, your foundation has, has stopped being continuous. Now you got a gap. And, and I think that's probably what was going on for the, the people here in Hebrews 5. You know, They probably just started by letting one thing go. And then another thing fell off. And another thing fell off. And before long, like they can't even see where they started. They don't remember where they came from. You know, we got to hold on to these things. We, we can't throw something out just because we feel like we figured it out. Hebrews 5.14. I want us to look at an, uh, the indicator of maturity. And I'm pretty close to being done, so I think we're going to get out right on time. Hallelujah. Hebrews 5.14. It says this. An indicator of maturity. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. Or we could say mature. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age or mature. That is... Those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The indication of maturity, from what I see in Hebrews 5.14, is using your senses to discern good and evil about the truth or the topic that, that you are looking to. When you become mature on a topic, mature, um, you know, on, on a, a doctrine or, or something out of the word. When you have matured on that thing, you're going to be able to discern what's true and what's false, what is good and what's evil. I think an indication of immaturity is an inability to know, an inability to discern, an inability to know what the word says and line the situation up with the word and, and say, well, you know, that's God or that's not God. The mature, when we become mature, we're going to know. We'll have practiced and, and developed this sense of discernment where we can walk into any situation and in this topic, we can say, well, I know that that's God or I, I know that that's not God. One thing that I know I've seen kind of both the mature and the immature uh, over time, you know, in, in visiting different places of ministry and different churches and going to different meetings and things, um, you know, especially in, in like the faith background, I know that there have been so many tremendous moves of the Holy Spirit. And I, I love seeing the Holy Spirit, you know, move and manifest in a real way. But I also know that there have been times where that's been copied and it's, it's, it's been, you know, uh, false. It, it's been like a counterfeit or, or like, you know, I'm going to try to make this happen on my own. And I think that's something where, I mean, it's immaturity. It, you know, it's, I think the desire is right. We, we want to see the Holy Spirit moving. I want to see that. But I don't want to try to manufacture it on my own. I, I don't want to fall. I don't want to dance because, you know, I'm going to get this party started all on my own. If the Holy Spirit moves me, I'm moved. I'm doing it. But if it's not him... I'm not. And I think as we grow in maturity in the area of the Holy Spirit, for example, there is a discernment where we know this is, this is God moving. I mean, have you felt the presence of God? You know it's Him. You're, you're familiar with it. You're, you have a maturity because you have an intimacy with it. And you know when it's not because it's just like, man, what is that? Like, why? You know? And... And so I just think as we become mature, as we see here in Hebrews 5, we're going to be able to discern. We're going to understand this, this is of God. This is not of God. And so I think an indication of our maturity is that ability to discern, to recognize. Um, to recognize good or evil, truth or, or falsity. Um, you come to the next category of, of food. You come to the next you know, stage of truth, the next stage of uh, maturity, the next thing that God wants to build on in your life based on your ability to discern and act upon it. You know, I, I think one of the things where, where God has said, um, you know, I, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I haven't given you the grace to do. I think part of his goodness is he doesn't demand more maturity out of us than we have the ability 
to be mature in. That's part of the goodness of God. Because he could say, yeah, you just got saved, but I want you to act like you've been a Christian for 30 years. Well, that's, that's a tall order to fill, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to do that. That's not the kind of God he is. He wants you to be a doer of the word that you know now. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. That means when he's speaking to your spirit, when he's giving you understanding of something in your spirit, he, he expects you to do that. He wants you to do that. He's, he's saying, I've given you this understanding. I've given you the ability to, to discern right and wrong in this area. Now be a doer of that. Do the right thing. Do the good thing. Do the true thing. Because now you have understanding. You know, going back to the earlier example of that bat through the window, if I had done that like 10 more times in my childhood, at some point, things would have gotten bad for me. Dad would have been like, okay, you know you're not supposed to do this anymore. Stop throwing the bat through the window. Right? I mean, when you, when you, when you know that you understand, you should act upon it, is, is the point I'm making. And I think that is, you know, the title here, Mastery of Maturity. Becoming a, a, a master, we're never going to be masters of this, okay? Not till we get to heaven and we're glorified. But to develop a mastery or to get better at this, to grow in our ability to mature, these are the things we need to understand. The Word will give us our answer for the season we're in today. Um, discernment is an indication of our maturity in an area. If we don't feel like we've got a clue, we're probably not very mature there. But if, if we feel like we have understanding and like, yeah, I recognize this is God, I recognize that this is not, well, you're, you're I mean, once again, not to be like prideful and also not to err on the side of like false humility, you're probably getting mature there. And God's probably going to start showing you another place where you're immature. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then you got more work to do. Amen. And, and so these are some of the things we need to realize. And, and, and to the truth that as we mature, it's going to build upon what we already have. It's not going to tear up and, and unroot what's been there before. It's just going to continue growing on. And so uh, as we grow in maturity, we should build upon um, the good. You know, I, I just think as we finish up tonight, uh, we've got about five minutes left. That'll be perfect to finish this up. Um, we should build upon the good, and, and let's recap um, the good that the Word brings to each level of maturity, okay? So at the, the new believer level of maturity, we see awareness of forgiveness, um, and then we see a, a knowledge of God, coming to know God the Father and Creator in heaven. And I think part of that knowledge of knowing God is that we should develop um, and, and awe. You know, I think back to when I was young and I was first realizing what my dad's role was in my life. I, ha like, I thought he was the coolest person ever. Okay? And I still think he's a pretty cool guy, all right? But not the, I, I mean, not the same way I did when I was like five. I mean, <laughs> Dad, I love you. Okay? If you're watching online, I love you. But, but he's a man and he's got flaws. And when I'm a father one day, I'm going to have flaws. And there's going to become a moment where my kid realizes that. I'm going to be like, oh, man, why can't you just see me as perfect again? <laughs> well, the thing is, God is perfect. And so our initial awe for him should never go away. Our, our initial, like, oh, my gosh, God is amazing. We should, like, have that little glimmer in our eye our whole life. Because God, like, he's never going to let us down. He's never going to disappoint us. We're never going to walk away from an interaction with God and be like, oh, man, disappointed. So part of that initial part of a new believer, we should hold on to that. Those are the things we need to hold on to is that aspect of I'm forgiven. And God is amazing. Moving on, um, we, we talked about awareness of victory. Um, strength and vigor and the word being in us. You know, these are things we have to hold on to so we can continue growing in different areas as God reveals where we need growth. We need to know that uh, I, I'm a victor. You know, I've already won spiritually because of Christ and all I'm doing is bringing that reality into the world. I'm, I'm letting God produce that victory through me in the world today. What he already won in the spirit, I'm 
I'm bringing into the world. We need to know that we're, we're strong and, and we have vigor and ability to go and an ability to do. Because if not, we'll get, we'll get tired. We'll, we'll get worn out. We'll just we'll stop doing it because it's like, oh, man, I, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm just, I wish I could keep going, brother, but I can't. I'm, I'm wore out. Well, you're strong and vigorous in the Lord. And so that'll keep you moving. It'll, it'll keep you doing. And knowing that the word is in you will, will, like I said about that guide for like a tree, it'll keep you growing the right direction. It won't, it won't allow you to get distorted or, or to grow in an off way. It'll keep you growing in line with the word when you know that it's on the inside of you. Um, and, and then, of course, we talked about knowing him and accepting the responsibility to, you know, show people that you know him. By the, way, by the way we live and talk and act and, and all of those kinds of things. And so that's how we build upon the good. You know, we start out with this awareness and, and this love for God, and then we, we build into strength and kingdom building and then exemplification when, when we have enough maturity to do that. Um, and so knowing this truth, I believe it does these two things, and this is what we're going to end with tonight. I believe the two things that knowing this truth will do, number one, it, it keeps... Our love for the word hot keeps our love for the word on fire because we know we always get exactly what we need. You know, I don't ever want to get bored with the Bible. There's no second edition coming out. There's no Bible 2 going to be produced like coming to a store near you. No, God wrote a book that is alive and speaking for every situation we encounter. And so I want to keep my love for the word hot. And the way I do that is recognizing that it, it is what fulfills my needs for today. It is what will show me how to grow where I'm at today, how, how to become more Christ-like today. It, and it will encourage me. Like we read all these encouragements about how you know, we're strong and, and we're forgiven and we know God. These are encouragements. It, it keeps me built up. It keeps me moving. It, it is our... Um, Attack back when the devil's trying to lie. Man, that's how we swat those lies from the enemy down is just hit them with the scripture. The devil says, oh, you're tired. I'm strong and vigorous. Oh, that sin's catching up to you. I'm forgiven in the name of Jesus. Man, swat that thing down with the word. Keeps you hot, keeps you on fire. Psalm 119 verse uh, 140 says, your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Your word is, is pure. It is, it is perfect, God. I love it for that reason. There's nothing else like God's word. So I have a love for it. I, I, I have a passion for God's word, to know the word, to hear the word. I mean, there, there is like nothing as exciting as hearing God speak to me. That's just my own personal opinion. You may have other things you like more. I don't. That's like my favorite thing in the world. When I hear the Holy Spirit speaking something to me, I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> it's going to be a good day. <laughs> and he does it a lot, praise the Lord. So I, I'm like, every day I'm just like, hallelujah, another day living with God. This is amazing. Keeps you hot. And then the second thing I think it does is it betters our ability to support others in our spiritual family. You know, I, I said that kind of uh, when we were talking about the new believer aspect, how New believers need to see it exemplified through us. Well, when we understand that the, the word has answers and we also understand what it is a new believer needs to hear, they need to hear forgiveness, they need to hear uh, about closeness with God, we can give them that. You know, I, like, I've not been a parent. You know, confession time. I've never been a parent. But what I hear is that when you have babies, they'll cry. And usually it means like one of a few things. It means they're tired, it means they're hungry, or it means they went to the bathroom. I don't know if there are more. I don't know if I got one wrong, but like, that's what I hear, okay? Well, if you know that, then you're not going to be trying to like, you know, put on veggie tails for your baby so they're entertained. You're going to take care of its need. Well, when, when we know how new believers, you know, work and, and what encouragement they need, we can give them that. When we understand that somebody is, is kind of at the midpoint in growth in some area, you know, they're, they're trying to get a hold of this faith thing. I'm trying to get a hold of this grace thing. I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of, of this living like Christ thing. Well, I can tell them, 
You are a victor. God already won. I can tell them you're strong and vigorous. You can do it. Because they need to hear something different than, well, God forgave you. Still a good word, still, still a good message, but, but maybe not the right person to give it to in that moment. And so as the family, we can support each other. We can help each other. We, we can be the vessels that God brings you know, word to people through. And so I think that's such an important element of this. Not only does it allow us to build ourselves by recognizing these things, but it helps us build others up, support others in the kingdom. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Other translations would say, build one another up with these words. Build each other up. Help each other grow. It's, it's what we're here to do. Amen? And we're a family church, so we do that in this place. I hope this word helped build you up tonight. I hope it's going to help you in the growth process. We've got kids outside, so I need to dismiss this service. Let's all say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're good. We love you. We thank you for this word tonight. We pray that you would remind us, Holy Spirit, of these truths as we are growing and, and interacting with other believers and even introducing new people to you, Jesus. Help us to do it well and do it effectively. Help us to be the evangelistic, family-oriented place of refuge and launching ministries that we are. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, don't forget. Are you stopping that? Don't forget, if you would help us, we got 